our top story tonight, Jonathan Taylor. The saga between the Indianapolis Colts and their star running back just gets uglier and uglier and uglier by the day. Taylor has officially requested a trade. Apparently, he requested the trade a couple days ago, and then he goes and meets with owner Jim Ursay, and then the meeting goes so poorly that the trade request becomes public. So we've got all that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. Jim Ursay, you silly, silly, silly goose. This didn't have to go so poorly. This didn't have to get to where it is today. Jonathan Taylor has been very frustrated with his contract. We know that. That has been going on for a while. And then Jim Ursay goes out and starts drunk tweeting, if we want to call it. It was like 8, 9 p.m., so it was late enough. But the tweets felt like someone who was not thinking, not thinking through their actions. Jim Ursay goes and tweets, well, if these running backs want to play hardball, they want to renegotiate the CBA, which we did. We we did it. And the CBA, it took a lot of work. It took so much work, the most work that could possibly be done. All good faith. And so these running backs, they want to go and redo it. Well, that is bad faith. These agents are bad faith. Now, when I hear that, when I read that, I think, oh, negotiations between Jonathan Taylor's agent, Jonathan Taylor, and the Indianapolis Colts is going poorly. No other reason for Jim Irsay to tweet about how bad faith these running backs are in negotiations, right? Well, Jim Irsay has gone and walked that back, says, no, I wasn't uh, talking about Jonathan Taylor. I was talking about everyone, all these running backs. All these running backs are just, they're being bad faith. These are bad faith negotiations. This has nothing to do with the contract dispute that I am openly involved in that everyone knows about. No, of course it's not about that. How could you possibly think that? You're, ta you're taking what I said out of context, even though it is in reference to something that is actively happening for Jim Irsay. And it gets worse. It really does get worse. I didn't think it could, but it does. So Jonathan Taylor, he's upset with his contract. He wants an extension entering the final year of his deal. And Jonathan Taylor, when he finishes out this deal, he's not going to have made $10 million from the NFL. Maybe he will because of incentives and things like that, that the NFL pays. But from the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor will have made less than $10 million for all the work he did in his first four years for leading the NFL in rushing yards. Jonathan Taylor, four years, less than $10 million. And I know that is a lot of money. That is generational wealth. I know that all of us see that and think, hey, that's a lot of money. He should just be happy. But that's not how it works. The role that running backs take in the NFL is unlike anything else. And while it doesn't contribute to the wins and losses, running backs are the laborers of the NFL. The players on the field, those are the laborers. Those are the people that are actually doing the work. Coaches doing some work, but a hell of a lot less work than the players. Owners doing way less work than the coaches. But 
the owners get 50% and the players get 50%. Oh, that's just how it works. So your instinct might be to side with the Indianapolis Colts and say, oh, Jonathan Taylor, only 10, he's made $10 million. That's plenty. Just, just play out your contract. You sign the contract. But that is taking the side of the elite for no reason other than, oh, well, that's what, just because there's no reason to side with Jim Irsay in this matter over Jonathan Taylor. And I get it. I am not all for just raising the roof on running back market value because let's face it, running back is the least valuable position in the NFL. But if Cole Komet is signing a four-year $50 million deal, the definition of an average unspectacular tight end, eh, then you start to understand because Jonathan Taylor is changing the game a hell of a lot more than Cole Komet. And if you want to know how he's changing the game, you can learn all about it with the draft guide. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet and then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but... Uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Go get it. And like I said, it somehow gets even worse for this Jonathan Taylor versus Indianapolis Colts saga. So after these comments are made on Twitter by Jim Irsay, and after Jonathan Taylor's agent, who I don't seem to be a big fan of so far, in these negotiations, they've also been dumped by a couple of MMA athletes. Jorge Masvidal dumped Jonathan Taylor's agent. He was dumped on air after a match. It was Mitch Matrione, I believe. So these, these are some red flags. And then to see the agent tweeting back at Jimmer saying, eh, I don't know about that. But they meet. And then the trade request comes out that Jonathan Taylor, yeah, he doesn't want to be there anymore. He would... The meeting didn't go well between Jonathan Taylor and Jim Irsay, and he wants out. And apparently this has been worse than we knew for quite a while. But it gets even worse than that. Jonathan Taylor meets with Jim Irsay. It goes poorly, requests a trade formally. It becomes known to the public, even though that did happen a couple days ago, which set the meeting up. And then 
Jim Irsay comes out and says, "If I, we're not trading Jonathan Taylor. We're, we're not going to do it. And if I die tomorrow, and if Jonathan Taylor is out of the league tomorrow, it doesn't matter because we don't matter. The NFL will kick on. And I mean, that's true, but come on, man. What are you doing? You don't like that your employee wants a raise that they've earned. And so you go out and say, you could be in out of the league tomorrow and it wouldn't matter. You don't matter. What the hell are you doing, Jimmer? Say, I know that negotiations get heated. But this is just ridiculous. This is not something you should say publicly. And the Colts agree. The Indianapolis Colts brass is very upset with Jim Irsay for his comments because they know he made their job a whole lot harder. These comments from Jim Irsay not only make the Jonathan Taylor negotiations harder, but they also are going to piss off your locker room because you're telling your entire locker room that none of them matter. The NFL is all that matters. It's not the best way to run a successful business, a successful company that requires you to work together. I mean, it's just, it doesn't work. This kind of management leadership style doesn't work in today's society. The, oh, well, you don't matter because I say so I don't matter. Just do what I say because I'm the boss. It's weird. Jim Irsay hasn't always been like this either. Jim Irsay has always been a player's owner, someone that the team enjoys. You know, he yucks it up with them. They have some fun. And now there's this. Jonathan Taylor doesn't matter. And I running backs don't matter as much as other positions. But to say it out loud as an NFL owner in the midst of a contract negotiation, no bueno. Not as bad. But... I don't see this making any difference. The Colts haven't made an offer to Jonathan Taylor. They haven't even offered him a contract. And Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to be there. And the Colts aren't going to trade him. And no team is going to give up what the Colts want in exchange for Jonathan Taylor. They're going to want something similar to the Christian McCaffrey deal, which was a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth, I believe. And no team's giving that up for Jonathan Taylor in July. This is unfortunate. It's going to get worse from here. Jonathan Taylor will continue to hold out. He is still on the physically unable to perform list, which means he doesn't have to practice, which means he doesn't actually have to be there with the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I believe that Jonathan Taylor, in order to successfully get the most out of his next deal with free agency, he is going to have to show up for week one. Jonathan Taylor, because every single game that he misses, if he misses one game on the PUP, even if we know it's not a real injury, even if we know it's a holdout, NFL teams and free agency are going to say, no, you missed a game with injury. No, you missed a game with injury. We can't, can we count on you? And what happens if he gets hurt after that? What happens if he struggles out the gate? So I believe that Jonathan Taylor will be playing for the Indianapolis Colts. I believe he will be there week one. But I believe it is going to be an ugly summer. And, and that's it. It's going to be an ugly summer. Jonathan Taylor will return. 
He will be an RB1 in fantasy football. And then after this year, he will no longer be an Indianapolis Colt because Jim Irsay has went to the point of no return here. But moving away from the Indianapolis Colts to the New York Jets, I know we talk about the Jets all Part of the reason we talk about the Jets so much is because of the media coverage that they are getting. I mean, they have stars across the board adding Aaron Rodgers adds to the media coverage, but it's also New York. New York is always going to be popping with media coverage. With Zach Wilson, every single day, there was a new article from five different people about how Zach Wilson improved today or got worse today. You saw that for years now. It's getting covered a lot, but it's not anymore. It's just how the New York media market works. But for the New York Jets, bad news. Garrett Wilson has a low ankle sprain. That's somewhat good news. At least it's not a high ankle sprain, but a low ankle sprain for Garrett Wilson. Gonna miss some time during training camp. Unfortunate. Hope he gets well soon. But he is going to be missing out on valuable reps with Aaron Rodgers. We know that Aaron Rodgers is different than most quarterbacks in his trusting ability. He seems to take longer to warm up to wide receivers. So any time missed by Garrett Wilson is not good at all. He'll be back soon. He'll be back for week one. He'll be fine. But it just hurts that rapport, that development, that connection between Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. Other news for the New York Jets. They are hosting Dalvin Cook today. He's been there in New York pretty much all weekend long. He visited on Friday. He was on Good Morning Football on Saturday. Dalvin Cook is flirting hard with the New York Jets. The New England Patriots have scheduled a visit with Dalvin Cook as well, which means if the Jets want Dalvin Cook, they cannot allow him to get on that plane to New England. They have to make him an offer that he cannot refuse because if he leaves New York, he's probably not coming back. Usually, when people leave negotiations and go somewhere else, that's probably where they're going to end up. So so Dalvin Cook visiting with the Jets. I expect it will be announced that he is the new running back for the New York Jets. And if and when that does happen, not the best news for Brees Hall. Brees Hall still a couple of weeks away from returning, according to head coach Robert Sala. That isn't great. The fact that they want Dalvin Cook isn't great. Don't love it. Still love Brees Hall. Still RB2 in Dynasty. I'd put him RB2 behind B. John Robinson. Jameer Gibbs could have a claim to that throne too. But still love Brees Hall. Just concerned about them having Dalvin Cook there. Final note on the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers is not happy with Sean Payton. He calls him out. We all remember Sean Payton was trashing Nathaniel Hackett said it was the worst coaching job possibly in the history of the NFL, that it was incompetent, that this isn't Russell Wilson's fault, that nothing could have possibly gone right with Nathaniel Hackett. Strong words from Sean Payton. Aaron Rodgers fires back, says that Sean Payton needs to keep his coach's name out of his mouth, that full Will Smith from Aaron Rodgers. And obviously he says it a little bit tongue in cheek, but in the interview, you can tell. Aaron Rodgers is not happy. Aaron Rodgers is ready to go scorched earth on Sean Payton. He loves Nathaniel Hackett for whatever reason. We see this all the time, though, right? 
Peyton Manning had Adam Gase, and Adam Gase was incompetent. Aaron Rodgers has Nathaniel Hackett, and Nathaniel Hackett is incompetent. But because Aaron Rodgers is so good, because he's a Hall of Famer, because Peyton Manning is so good, because he's a Hall of Famer, when they have an incompetent offensive coordinator, they can just say, hey, I'm running the show. I'm calling the shots. This is my offense. And that's why they're good friends. That's why Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett, because he lets him do what he wants. And it worked out pretty successfully. Got him two MVP awards, back-to-back seasons. Got him another MVP earlier. In, no, no, that wasn't with the Hackett. But anyways, Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett, and he is ready to go scorched earth on Sean Payton. They face each other at some point in the season, and I cannot wait. Some updates on the rookies. We know that Bryce Young is the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. That has been confirmed. And we know that C.J. Stroud will be the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans, but he has not officially earned that role yet. Instead, Stroud continues to split time with Davis Mills, even though he looks far and away better. Even though the locker room and the team gravitates towards C.J. Stroud, even though by everything we can see, C.J. Stroud has already earned this starting quarterback job. D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick, they continue to rotate these quarterbacks, and that is a mistake. And it's a mistake that the Indianapolis Colts are also rotating Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. Now, it's good. It's good that Anthony Richardson spent the entire day yesterday working with the first team. You probably saw that clip of him hucking it down the field to Alec Pierce. What a bomb. But he should be getting all the first team reps. Anthony Richardson is the starter for the Indianapolis Colts. The biggest problem with Anthony Richardson is he does not have the experience, and he's not going to get the experience practicing with the second team, sitting on the bench behind Gardner Minshew, so give him all the first-team reps. Make Anthony Richardson your starting quarterback. Because if you just sit him on the bench behind Gardner Minshew, it's not helping anything. The development's not going to increase more than live reps. That's what Anthony Richardson needs is live reps. So give Anthony Richardson, all the first team reps, make him the starter. Give CJ Stroud all the first team reps, make him the starter. We know they're the starters already. So just get it over with. Stop. Stop with the phony training camp battles. I can't stand it. A real training camp battle does come from the Kansas City Chiefs, though. Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice. Every single day we see a new highlight of Rashi Rice. He's burning someone. He's taking an end around, going the distance. Rashi Rice is a favorite of both Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City social media team and the Kansas City beat writers. They all love them, some Rashi Rice. And he's a lock to make the roster. We already know that. He's going to be fighting to play in three wide receiver sets. Of course, it's going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Sky Moore seems like he's going to be the wide receiver too. Kadarius Toney might not be ready for week one. He's a starter when healthy, but I, if I had to guess, Kadarius Tony is going to be the guy that makes the final roster and they cut someone surprisingly some, I, I don't know who it'll be, but it, it's the new England Patriots would cut say a Matt Slater, knowing he's going to come back immediately. We see these moves all the time. So that will happen with the Kansas city chiefs. I'm, I'm betting that Kadarius Tony gets placed on injured reserve after final cutdowns. Then they bring someone back, but it sounds like Rashi Rice, Sky Moore, MVS, Kadarius Tony, they are all locks for the roster. Richie James looks like a lock for the roster as well. He seems like he might be the punt and kick returner. Justin Watson, we heard earlier today. Andy Reid 
loving it up on Justin Watson, how important he is to this roster. So Justin Watson seems like a lock to make it. That's six receivers. Kadarius Tony, he gets put on IR. That's five. And then put Justin Ross in position to be that sixth wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he has been balling out as well. Those are the names that we keep hearing. We keep hearing Rashi Rice. We keep hearing Justin Ross. And we keep hearing Daneric Prince, the undrafted free agent running back out of Tulsa. Write his name in pen on the active roster, according to Kansas City Chiefs beat writers. That's fantastic. Derek Prince, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon with Clyde edwards Elaire as the running back four or potentially off the roster. You love to see it. You also love to see that Demario Douglas, the rookie sixth round pick of the New England Patriots, he is getting plenty of work with the first team. And also, Demario Douglas is the only rookie that is getting work with the first team offense for Kayshawn Boudet. All the UDFAs, they're working with the scout team. They're working with the second team, the third team offense. Demario Douglas is the only one that's taking reps with Mac Jones. And now, granted, hasn't had a target from Mac Jones in any of those live 7-on-7, 11-on-11 reps. But the playing time, the snaps, is first and foremost, the targets will come. Looks like Demario Douglas has the inside track to make the roster over Kayshawn Boutte. Yikes. And we don't know how many wide receivers that the Patriots are going to keep either. They're obviously going to keep Devontae Parker, who they just re-signed. Tyquan Thornton, a second-round pick last year. Kendrick Bourne is going to be kept on the roster. Juju, who they signed. But that fifth wide receiver slot, and they may only keep five because they have Mike Gusecki, who's basically a wide receiver too. Very well could end up being Kayshawn Boutte gets cut by the New England Patriots, and Demario Douglas ends up making the roster. Final note on this rookie class, Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the second round, dealing with plantar fasciitis. He is hoping that he'll be cleared during the preseason. Not good news. Not good news at all for probably the most difficult position to transition from college to the NFL tight end. The blocking with the catching with the everything else. Tight end is such a difficult transition to make. And Luke Schoonmaker is officially well behind the eight ball. It is going to be Jake Ferguson that starts for the Dallas Cowboys. And he is a sneaky value for fantasy football right now. The fact that you can get a starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, the new Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Some final news around the NFL. Amari Cooper is back at practice. He's not doing everything, though. And with him out today, it was David Bell. For the past couple of days, it's been Cedric Tillman and Dalen Baldwin rotating with the starters. Not so great news. Or actually, no, Anthony Schwartz is hurt right now. So doesn't matter. David Bell, Cedric Tillman, Dalen Baldwin, they are competing for that wide receiver four job. Minnesota Vikings signed Danielle Hunter to a one-year $20 million contract. He was scheduled to make up to $5.5 million this year. Gets the big pay raise. Now, this is... Interesting because Danielle Hunter's contract was all front-loaded. So he got more money than most people would the past couple years. And then this year, obviously, he's not happy playing for $5.5 million, but it's the average of that contract that just gets skewed anyways. He's unhappy. He holds in. The Minnesota Vikings give him what he wants. $17 million guaranteed for Danielle Hunter. Great news for the Minnesota Vikings. He also can't be franchise tag next year. So next year, 
they're either going to have to let him walk in free agency or reach a long-term deal. And I think that will all depend on how Danielle Hunter plays this year for the Minnesota Vikings. We also see Eli Apple join the Miami Dolphins. He's going to be practicing against Tyreek Hill. Whoo! Eli Apple, Tyreek Hill, we know how much they dislike each other. That is going to be a fun battle in training camp. But this just goes to show that in the NFL, you get over grudges real quick because enemies can become teammates. Best friends can become rivals. Things are always changing in the NFL. Like Jameson Williams' practice status, he has not practiced the past couple days. He is now back, expected to practice. He'll be practicing light. He's not going to do everything, but Jameson Williams working his way back, as is Sterling Shepard and Jameson Crowder. They have both been activated off the physically unable to perform list by the New York Giants. Great news for the Giants passing game, one that now is only missing Wandale Robinson. I expect Wandale Robinson will start the season on the physically unable to perform list, but good news that they get Sterling Shepard back. He is officially in line to be ready for week one. Final news and notes across the NFL. Christian McCaffrey doesn't practice today for the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason split the first team refs, but Jordan Mason is a rumbling, bumbling, fumbling machine. Three fumbles over the past two days for Jordan Mason, including two today, which inserts Tyrion Davis Price into the starting lineup working with the first team. This was a terrible draft pick. Kyle Shanahan can't scout running backs at all, but hope's not lost for Tyrion Davis Price. He is working his way back in with the starters, unlike Sony Michelle. Our final news of the day is the retirement of Sony Michelle. Oh, Sony Michelle, what a time that was. New England Patriots draft him in the first round. Absolutely ridiculous. Didn't make any sense. Drafted him ahead of Nick Chubb. And all these, <laughs> these Georgia running backs, this era of Georgia running backs, it was Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, both just degenerative knees. Nick Chubb also tore his ACL. He was able to return. He ended up being fine from that injury. But these Georgia running backs, it was an interesting time in football history. And now that time is over. Sony Michelle has retired. And it's a new day for the Los Angeles Rams. And most importantly, Sony Michelle wasn't actually a threat to Cam Akers at all. But there's no threat to Cam Akers at all. Zach Evans, not a threat. Kyron Williams, not a threat. Cam Akers is a true blue bell cow. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget, the player rankings to rule them all.